It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six nineteen is the time to wake up, Wyoming. All right, so a couple of people that have already got talking to me here. More will join as the morning goes on, as Jimmy Casper, Brandon, and Hawk Springs, and other people like that will continue on. They're, they're talking to me over the Wake Up Wyoming app. Download for free to your app store. Hit chat. Send me notes when I'm on the air. All right, Jim, to follow up on what you were saying. So I remember a while back, this is years ago, when Rush Limbaugh came out with his book. I think it was the the way things ought to be is what I think it was. Yeah, and that was his first book. And I was listening to someone at a bookstore, the guy who was running the bookstore, criticizing Limbaugh in front of some of his customers who also hated Limbaugh. And Limbaugh had said at the time that we now have more trees in North America than we did in the year 1900. Well, that's not true. Really? Have you guys looked that up? Because you can look that up. Did you bother to look it up? We do. There was a time that human beings did know better. There's whole forests in Europe that no longer exist because we tore them down. We used to come here, not in, like Asia does it too, all over the world it's done, but we were mining and just leaving the mine there, strip mining and so on, just leaving it there. Uh, yeah, we would just tear down whole forests and not care about it because you know, resources just seemed endless at the time, right? But then we wised up and realize, oh, a lot of this stuff is finite unless we take care of it. And because of the use of coal and gas and oil and nuclear energy and so on, we no longer are – it is no longer necessary for us to go ripping forests apart. And so they grow back quickly. And we've helped them grow back by planting them. We also mine differently, as I've invited many people to do, go to – let's say Gillette, Wyoming, where they are mining for coal and putting it right in the power plant. Go take a look at what they do. Take a look at the mining process and the reclamation process. It's incredible how we reclaim the the land after we take what we need from it and then put it back the way that we found it. Now, that's here in America. If you go to China, well, they haven't cared. They just dump toxins into the water and there's some other Asian countries that India does the same thing. But these countries, some of them anyway, have started to wake up and have become a little bit better at how we care for the planet. But as a whole, human beings, where we used to not know any better, began to wake up and began to care. And we are finding ways that we can go ahead and use the resources of the planet, but also maintain the resources of the planet and make sure that the planet is clean and green and so on. And no, it's not by throwing up wind turbines and solar panels. You get the idea. Um, oh, let me see. Ran from Fort Danger. If only he played naked croquet around poison ivy. This guy's part of the problem. Then again, he, like the rest of them, kind of makes himself look like a moron. True. Now, on that note, Let's take a look at what nature has done to itself. I remember having a discussion with somebody, again, many years ago, when the Internet was new and AOL was a big thing, if you remember America Online. 
And I was having a discussion with a guy who I pointed out, you know, the earth pollutes itself far more than humans do. Oh, you should have seen that react. The earth doesn't pollute itself. Well, I started by pointing out volcanoes and how many toxins and how much the volume, the sheer volume of toxins that come out of volcanoes. I started with that. And I talked about other things. You know, the tar sands oil up in Canada, the tar sands oil in Canada is a natural oil spill that we humans are cleaning up. Yeah, it was uh, oil underground, but then there was a big upheaval. So here are some mountains. And the oil comes leaking out and just kills a, just a vast area. They call it the tar sands because not much can really grow there. And if you walk through the sands, well, all of this tar and oil and so on, it starts sticking to your feet. So what, we, what the Canadians have been doing is scraping up that soil. And they go to a processing plant which separates the soil from the oil. They send the oil down to be processed and used for all the different things we use crude oil for. The soil goes back to where they got it, where they put it back, and then fertilize it and start planting natural indigenous plants in that area. We are cleaning up a natural oil spill and using the oil itself, which is nothing but a good thing. No matter how you look at this. However, environmentalists would like us to stop. They want the tar sands oil to remain where it was. Well, hang on. It devastated a massive area. Why would we not clean up a natural oil spill? I also pointed out to this guy, if you go to, let's say, Gulf of Mexico, California coast, and other places around the world, and you see an oil slick washing up on land, tar balls and oil and so on, the odds of that being from human beings is actually really low. Okay. It's not to say human beings don't cause oil spills, but most of the oil that's out there that's in the ocean didn't come from us. It's leaking out. We actually help by drilling for that oil and relieving the pressure so it doesn't leak out and wind up on land. Now, that's dealing with oil and trees, but there's many other things that we've done. Oh, and remember, volcanoes pollute a lot. But in, in other words, I gave this guy a long list of things that the earth does, which is really bad for the earth. Something that necessarily, doesn't necessarily have to do with pollution. But remember, the first human civilizations were, as near as we can tell, North Africa and also what we call the Middle East. Now, if you ever wonder why in the world would the first humans settle there? Because at the time, it was the most lush, fertile land on the planet. Wet, green, like Amazon jungle-like. I mean, really lush, thick, good land. Part of what happened is the Himalayas rose up, changing the jet streams. In other words, the reason that North Africa and what we call now the Middle East is just a big desert, just sand, and not much can live or grow there. It's not because anything human beings did. Nature did that. Go take a look at a satellite photograph and see how massive that desert is. And we didn't do that. So nature can pollute itself. So when I come across somebody like this guy who 
says, well, humans just shouldn't breed anymore and we should just let ourselves die out because we're bad for the planet. Well, hang on. Um, before human beings were ever here, let's count how many mass extinctions there were. There's one I was reading about. I was reading a, a geology book this past couple of days. And in it, it brings up one of the mass extinctions, which I knew about, but it talks about it in, in some detail. That happened at one point where about 99% of all life on the planet died. This is way before humans ever came around, way before the dinosaurs too. What happened, we don't exactly know other than something that the Earth did to itself changed everything and almost all life on this planet just died. And there have been many mass extinctions like this long before humans ever came around. So as I try to explain to this guy on America Online many years ago, so the Earth does pollute itself, you know, and the Earth does do major damage to itself and life on the Earth. Well, he just could not believe that that was true. And when I started showing him the evidence of this, his reaction was, well, he just didn't want to talk to me anymore. Jim and Casper, we used to have more trees, but the environmentalists would rather see them burn than get you. Well, you know, he's, Jim's not wrong in that. The fires that we had past couple of years out west of us here in Wyoming. Here again, some management. These are human. That's once again, Jim, that's a great example of human beings taking care of the planet. We used to go in and thin out the brush and we know forest fires are going to happen from time to time for natural reasons, lightning strikes, things like that. But because we manage the forest, there's fewer fires. But when environmentalists don't let us manage the forest, we get beetle kill and fires and other such diseases that run rampant in nature. We're learning as human beings to do more good than harm, in other words. Coming up on 6.30, local news coming your way. Right after local news, update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 636 of times wake up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I'll get to the phones a little bit later on. Windy today. Was windy yesterday. Windy again today. So I put up an article that I haven't put up in a while. I just decided maybe we should take a good look at the sloshing of the toilet bowl when you know, sometimes I pause because you're processing what did he just say yes I did and how does that relate to how windy it is outside now the reason some of you know but some of you don't is your toilet bowl the whole system there there's that if you look there's that little pipe sticking out of your roof there 
Yeah, okay. Well, it's equalizing pressure and so on. You know, we can get into why that's there. But because of that, yeah, some pressure gets into that pipe, and that's what helps your water in your bowl slosh around. So based on that, I started thinking I could actually take a marker and go down and mark the edges of my toilet bowl to see how high does it slosh. So I could see what the average wind is and also what the gusts are based on how high that goes. So here's – this is on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. You can use this as a guide and send this to friends of yours. So – First off, toilet bowls are connected to sewer pipes, and there's an air pipe between the toilet and the air vent. Wind gusts cause the pressure in the sewer pipe to fall, causing the bowl water to draw downwards somewhat, and then the pressure comes back up again. So that's why you're seeing that. Okay, so now, let's say light sloshing back and forth, 10 to 15 miles an hour. Okay, rocking up to the tide line. The tide line, we mean the line where the water usually settles when the bowl is full. It's usually marked by some gross stain. That's about mm, 15 to 20 miles an hour. Waves in the bowl. Now we're getting up to 40 miles an hour. If you see white caps, I-80 is closed. Okay? There, just a few – this is the kind of science that I will do at home. I mean, I've always – like to consider myself sort of an amateur scientist, and I'll study things that other people won't study. So this is the kind of thing that I'll study here. So let's take a look at, I know today is supposed to be a bit, now I got Don Day coming up with your weather forecast in just a minute. Now, one of the sites I like to go to, this is an app you can download, but it's also a website. It's called Windy, just windy.com. It shows actually right now for much of Wyoming The wind has calmed down quite a bit, but it depends on where you are. So if you're listening to me down, let's say, well, of course, we have to go across I-80. Wamsutter, Rawlins, if you're in Hannah, Rock River, okay. Uh, Laramie, it's calmed down a bit for you. And, of course, some of the usual suspects. North of Cheyenne, all the way up to Douglas, that area. All right, so in other words, there's a big area if we go from – Torrington's not too bad, but go west of Torrington, let's say up and down I-25, and go west just across the state. Huge area of wind right there. North of Casper, Glen Rock, and Douglas on the east side of the state. There are some areas where it's a bit windy, but there's some, oh, I'd say dead zones in part of the west of the state. Now, what's nice about the Windy app or website is you can drag the timeline across, and during the course of today, the winds gently start to cool down until by the time we get into Tuesday, it'll be a lot less windy. Do look for a possibility of a little bit of snow today, too. But despite me saying all of this for you, I-80 is actually still open. I know, right? After all we've been through, and I-80 is still open. So we do have some – and Don Day's weather forecast next explains this whole thing in detail. We've got a little bit more of this to go through. And then as we get to next weekend, it ought to actually be pretty nice as far as this time of year goes. Cool and not so windy. Oh, yeah. Rianne from Fort Danger. 
Oh, I remember this. You did this one last year. Yes, I do this every so often. Pull up the how to tell. I'd say get a magic marker and put it in there and then just start keeping records and watch how the water sloshes. And I noticed this when I was watching water slosh in my toilet bowl and I was thinking, how windy is it out right there? And I'm watching the water and I'm realizing I can now tell what the wind speed is by how that water is moving around in my bowl. See, you can go to a website, you can go to an app on your phone, or you can have more fun if somebody asks you, how windy do you think it is out there? Go into your bathroom, look in your toilet, and yell from the bathroom, well, it's at about 30 miles an hour gusting to 45. How do you know that? Well, I'm looking at the white caps. Let's wake up Wyoming. This weather. Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Right, Frank Gambino is supposed to be back. Frank, you there? Okay, not yet. All right, Miss Mary went hunting for him. Well, actually, I have this one uh, queued up just in case. Frank Gambino, Studio 6. Frank Gambino, Studio 6. <clears throat> yeah, he's supposed to come back after his holiday there. And I went looking over at the... Because I can see in the new studio that he's in, which is actually a new studio, I can sit here and look over and say, okay, the door's closed, but is the light on in there? No, I don't see the light on in there. Okay. Well, I didn't see him back anyway. Okay. So Miss Mary was going to go looking for him. Now, I haven't told this story in a while, but Frank has actually said that when my producer was the Lady Alex, oh, dear Lord, uh, Alex can be aggressive. I I really like Alex a lot, but she can be aggressive. Miss Mary, on the other hand, oh, she's even more frightening. Frank, and oh, he's not here, she says. Okay, let's see. Uh, Team student, okay. So let's see. I'm going to go ahead and do, just in case somebody didn't get back to me on, excuse me while I just go ahead and do this live on the air here. Um, There we go. So I sent a note to David Settle real quick. This is supposed to be your sports segment here. And if it doesn't happen, I always have backup stuff ready to go. But if not, well, okay. Here's what I was going to go ahead and talk to Frank about, and then he was going to go ahead and get into sports. Do you know that you can play golf in a way that would make golf much more interesting? This is sports-related, anyway, for you sports fans. Well, make golf a whole lot more interesting than just swinging a golf club. For a lot of people, swinging the golf club, is it's difficult to do. It is really a hard skill to learn, right? Well, there's... A new way to do this now. You can shoot your golf ball using many different kinds of guns. Now, on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning, I have the AR-15 golf ball launcher. So the way this works, yeah, doesn't that sound cool? The way this works is you take something that puts it screws on the end of your barrel. you got to have a barrel where you can screw something on. And it looks like you're screwing a noise suppressor on. But you're not. It's not a silencer. It's not a suppressor. It's got a big hole so you can go ahead and roll a golf ball down in. Now, in your magazine, not your clip, your magazine, you load blanks. Now, all you have to do is arch 
the gun at the right angle to shoot it. And that sucker can go like 400 yards, which makes me wonder, do you, do you make sure you put bullets in there of a certain grain or blanks in there of a certain grain or something? What if you don't want to go 400 yards? Well, I guess you better figure your angle out then so you can drop it sooner or maybe make it go farther, whatever you want to do, right? And what do you have to? What if you chip? Well, they actually have for pistols the same thing. You screw on something that looks similar. You can go ahead and roll a golf ball down in there, and then point the pistol with again blanks in the magazine, and fire away and pop your ball up onto the green. Which makes me think that when it comes time to putt, that you're going to hold the barrel of the gun and putt with the butt of the gun. This is actually a real thing. When I was writing up this story this morning, I took a look at several different models for several different guns of how to convert your gun into a golf ball launcher. These things are sold over the counter, over the counter at some gun shops. If you can't find it at a local gun shop, get online. Now, I even have a video that I put up with the story. Again, this is all on the Wake Up Wyoming website. There is a golf ball launcher where uh, police decided to put on a fundraiser, and they got out onto the golf course with guns and golf ball launchers attached to their guns, and they played a game to raise money for a charity. So if you're worried about this kind of a thing getting out into society, does somebody play this at your golf course? The police were doing it. The only thing you have to worry about is make sure that who was ever loading their magazine is actually putting blanks in there and not putting real bullets in there. Now, if they did put a real bullet, first off, that would certainly destroy the golf ball on the way through. But then also, you got a bullet in the air now. Yeah. So you got to make sure you have blanks. And then you don't want to bomb the people. You know, you... You play through, you yell four. Yeah, okay. Got to worry if you if you lob one out and you yell four and they see you standing there holding a gun in your hand. Those people, you show up with your guns. Mind if we play through? Well, of course they're going to say yes. You're armed to the teeth here. By the way, they did in the videos that I have for you in the Wake Up Wyoming site, they did uh, set up some things to shoot at to see how devastating the golf ball was. So they shot it like a toilet bowl lid. Oh, just blew the thing apart. So, yeah, it's pretty hardcore. 6.54 is the time. Coming up on some local news. Update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. A Monday. Windy, but settling down a bit. Although, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and just in general, southeastern Wyoming. Pay attention here. You got some snow coming your way. Now, I am going to have Don Day on from Day Weather at 745 to go into sort of details 
about this. He explained it a little bit earlier this morning, but he's on live with me at 745 to get into the details of the storm. But basically, it's this. Uh, Cheyenne Office National Weather Service says Cheyenne and Laramie could get could get up to six inches of snow when a storm that could hit later today. Agency says higher elevations, Sierra Madre, snowy range mountains, could get up to 20 inches of snow. Okay, and there's a report. Now, if you go for that in, in that area, go to the KGAB website. It's up there. But again, Don Day will be on with me, 745, to explain the whole thing. That's mostly southeastern Wyoming. The rest of us will get something, although not as severe as that, but we'll get something. Again, Don Day, 745, we'll talk about it. All right, headline, Cowboy State Daily. Hunters keep shooting each other in Nebraska. Wyoming hunters say that can be avoided. Okay, let's take a look at what's going on. Three accidental shootings in three days during Nebraska's deer season and the memory of a fatal hunting accident in Wyoming last year. That brings the point home. Quote, I won't allow a loaded rifle into my truck ever, period, said a grable hunter and trapper. He and another Wyoming outdoorsman also said that a hunting rifle should always be carried with the firing chamber empty. Hunters didn't need to chamber around until they get a clear, safe shot. Then you go ahead and do it. And, of course, I'm going to say a lot of stuff here that you know most of you people already know anyway, but apparently some don't. Every gun is a loaded gun. Even when you know it's not, it is. Never, ever, ever chamber around until you're ready to shoot, noted a Wyoming outdoorsman, Paul Ehrlich. Pinedale is where he's from. He told that to Cowboy State Daily. In a separate incident this month, three hunters were shot over a span of three days during Nebraska's deer hunting season. The Nebraska Game and Parks Commission told the Columbus Telegram reporter there. None of the shootings were fatal. Each incident was a man accidentally shot by a member of his own hunting party. The most serious injuries were suffered 20-year-old from Indiana. He was flown to the trauma center, Lincoln, Nebraska, after being shot by another who slipped while following him up an, an embankment. That's right there, a great illustration of why you don't even, in some cases, even load the thing until you're ready to go. Yeah, you, what if you slip and fall and it goes off? This is why they're saying, uh, not until you're sure, oh, we got something here, then quietly load up and go, is what some of these hunters are saying. Until then, everything is loaded and dangerous. All right, a 22-year-old, Omaha, Nebraska, injuries to his hand, another shooting, and the third incident, Nebraska resident whose age wasn't given suffered a gunshot wound to the arm. So now the story says Wyoming hasn't escaped hunting accidents. Ehrlich recalled a tragedy near Tensleep, October of uh, back in 2021, when a man was accidentally shot. We well, accidentally shot his son, and the son died, unfortunately. Even the most experienced hunters, the story says, can't take safety for granted. Quote, and this is a gentleman who lives near Kemmerer. I have a friend who was hunting elk near Matisi who had an accidental discharge of his rifle for the first time after 32 years of hunting. Even our former vice president was involved in a hunting accident. Now, I, I'm glad they brought that up because sometimes people pick on Dick Cheney for that. But when you actually take a look at what happened 
you can see how the accident occurred. Uh, Dick Cheney was hunting with a friend. The friend, they were hunting quail, I think it was. But his friend went around an embankment to scare some up and then came running up the embankment. Dick Cheney saw the birds fly up and shot at him while his friend was running up the other side of the embankment. So you can see how the accident happens there. And people pick on Dick Cheney for that. He never intentionally shot anybody. This was just people getting in, not knowing where each other's. That, that's another thing. It's not just the safety of the weapon. You're hunting with somebody. Where are they? Do you know where they are? Because they might cross into your line of fire. You're so focused on shooting birds. How was, he, how was Dick Cheney supposed to know this guy was going to come running up the embankment like that? Careless hunters can injure even without hunting uh, them with uh, bullets, uh, retire Forrester and uh, Lander told Cowboy State Daily. Never follow your rifle if you're behind or equally positioned to another hunter. The muzzle blast can cause ear damage, and sometimes that can be permanent. They also get into horse safety. You're riding through the brush. Your safety gets bumped off. You didn't know that. Twig hits your trigger. It's happened. Freaks out your horse. It's happened. He added that the hunters hunting deer in Nebraska and the safety standards, they don't, well, in some cases, they say they see some lack safety standards. That's really what it comes down to. So muzzle control is the next part of the story. Even the best hunters can get complicated and let their rules slip and I'm sorry, complacent is the word, and let the rules slip, particularly when they're younger. The final line of defense against this is muzzle control and muzzle control and muzzle control. In other words, where is that firearm pointed? Yeah, is it pointed at the ground or where is the safe place to point that sucker? The story says, in addition to the safety factor carrying a hunting rifle with the chamber empty... The added step of chambering around when the right moment comes. Now, I know some of you are thinking, but yeah, if I'm shooting at something that's going to jump out at me. Well, then again, if it does that, are you aware of who's around you? And not just in your own party. Are there other hunting parties out there? So you need to know clearly what you're shooting at before you're ready to go ahead and load it up and go. It takes time to chamber around, the story says. That allows you to settle down and control your breathing. A measure and steady shot is always an accurate shot. This gentleman also emphasizes the importance of just relax and enjoy the outdoors rather than getting all worked up on you got to make that shot. Only shoot if the shot is right, and that will give you a 95% chance of getting that kill shot first time. Once you pull the trigger, a multiple of variables enter into the picture. Only one of those variables is good. So that's, a, I think, in, an excellent story from Cowboy State Daily. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. This is from Casper. Okay. Philip and Casper. How do soldiers manage to patrol and do things soldiers do without shooting a round? Finger off the trigger. Weapon in safe direction. Weapon on safe. Know the background. Know the condition is uh, knowing the condition is the real problem, and, and you're right about that, Philip. Thanks for that because I think most, and, and this is just in my mind, but you guys tell me, 
most of all is people get out there hunting and the adrenaline gets going and they get really excited and they want to get that shot. And when they start to do that quickly is when they start to slip up and forget some of the safety rules because they're in the moment. That's why they're saying in this story, relax. 7.15, Wake Up Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite episode? This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. It's time wake up Wyoming. It is a Monday. It's a bit on the windy and dark side right now. Snow coming to southeast Wyoming. Don Day will be on with me. 745 to talk about southeast Wyoming is going to get the heaviest of the snow. In fact, quite a bit in some areas. So we'll talk about that. Get into the phones in just a minute. A couple of other stories I have here as long as I was talking about the gun thing. So headline here says Biden says he wants to get rid of 20 million assault rifles. Now, when Biden talks, and this is from, I got to be careful reading this. This is from the Associated Press. And you know what they're like with news. I mean, they're horrible. When Biden and other lawmakers talk about, we'll put it in air quotes, assault weapons, they're using an inexact term to describe a group of uh, high powered guns and semi automatic long rifles like the AR 15 that can fire 30 rounds fast without reloading. See, again, that's a, some of what they just said there by AP is pretty inconsistent, right? And not right. By comparison, New York Police Department officers carry a handgun that shoots about, uh, about like that. A weapon it, ban is far off and closely divided Congress, but Biden and the Democrats have become increasingly emboldened and are trying to once again pass what they think are assault weapons bans. And these are from people who don't know, again, what is an assault rifle. There's a lot of knowledge that they have about guns that they don't really have. I mean, in other words, they have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to guns. Don't forget, though, President Biden. You've heard me say this before again and again. I'm going to keep saying it. We don't derive our rights from the government. We possess them because we're born. Period. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we yield them to a government. You guys oh, just don't understand. Yeah, okay. What he's trying to say is as long as the courtyard is available, then the car keys are going to be next to the chair. Oh, that's when what you have meant, tomatoes right? that are not ripe when the lights are off, then nobody's going to know what happens when a basketball goal is not standing upright. Well, I'm so glad you cleared that up. I have two shotguns on my home. They're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat secluded. And I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Buy shotgun. Buy shotgun. And again, here he has a couple of shotguns. He's always telling his wife, although I don't think he ever said that to her to do something that is dangerous and illegal. Second Amendment's not absolute. Oh, yeah? When it was passed, you couldn't own a... You couldn't own a cannon. You sure about you that? You couldn't own certain kinds of weapons. I want to check that out. 
It's just always been limitations. Okay. Yeah, it's always been. So, once again, he wants to get some kind of legislation passed to get rid of what they classify, the Democrats classify, as a dangerous weapon. But in the meantime, for those people who missed it, last hour of the program, I talked about something that you can get either at a local store or you can go ahead and order it online. Go play golf using your gun. Yeah, it's an attachment. You put blanks in the magazine, and it lets you roll a golf ball down. What, what you put on the gun looks like, it looks like you're putting a noise suppressor on the gun, but it's actually a container for a golf ball, and the blanks fire the golf ball a good long ways, too. So I just want you to know what I'm advocating for, but okay. Um, your... Government, once again, and those in the government wanting to get rid of what they call assault-style weapons. We've been through how many times before? And I know when I talk about this, I'm often, I'm often preaching to the choir in this, uh, how these people don't know what kind of a gun they're talking about and never really want to discuss what really is important here, which is mental health. In the meantime, we hear garbage like this. Making sure that we don't have high-capacity, rapid-fire magazines that allow mass killings. Maybe we shouldn't have high-magazine clips. Gas-assisted receiver firearms. Machine gun magazines. And what sounded like automatic rounds. Seeing if we can get automatic weapons that kill folks in amazing numbers. If I wanted to fire this on full semi-automatic. Well, why do we need jumbo clips? The best do you know what a barrel shot is? Time. I actually don't know what a barrel oh, shot okay. is. Because it's in your it's legislation. It's a thing that goes up. No, it's not. What the District of Columbia was trying to do was to protect toddlers from guns. It is harder to buy cough medicine than it is to buy an AK-47 or 50 of them. It is easier for a teenager to buy a Glock than get his hands on a computer or even a book. It's legal to hunt humans with 15-round, 30-round, even 150-round magazines. And he was not able to buy a weapon that shoots off 700 rounds in a minute. Pistols are different. You have to pull the trigger each time. An assault weapon, you basically hold it, goes... Blah, blah, blah. No, those are fully automatic weapons. Okay, this right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. Use these silencers to make them more available, which as you because can imagine- Because the hunters, their ears were hurting. If you want to protect yourself, get a double barrel shotgun. Put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. If you ban them in the future, the number of these high-capacity magazines is going to decrease dramatically over time because the bullets will have been shot and there won't be any more available. But some of these bullets, as you saw, have an incendiary device on the tip of it, which is a heat-seeking device. So you don't shoot deer with a bullet that size. If you do, you could cook it at the same time. But that deer deserves to get away. So <laughs> that deer deserves to get away. Um, so here, it, there's a lot in there that to unpack. But two of my favorite lines is automatic rounds. That was hysterical. And the woman who thinks that when your magazine runs out of bullets, you throw the magazine away and you have to buy a whole new magazine for that, that you don't just reload the whole thing every time. And so these are the people that are trying to pass 
gun laws here in America. And once again, they have absolutely no idea when it comes to how a gun works. You could heard it there. Or the statistics about who gets shot or, or and I love bringing this up, how many lives have been saved because there was a gun at home, because somebody was armed? That never really seems to make the news. I would love to comply, but uh, in the state of California, all of those firearms are illegal. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I did not mean to bring an illegal firearm into your home. I knew this thing was way too military. (laughs) Oh my god, I had no idea. As a California resident, I am super thankful you guys are only going to rob me with legal firearms. Illegal. Illegal. Hey, baby, is the Glock 10 4 on the California roster? No. Illegal. It is so hard to be a law abiding criminal in the state. Law abiding criminal. A great criminal. I mean, river. Everybody needs to be extraordinary land. Really into Netflix. the heart of cool. iconic cities. You get the idea. Here is another case where it will be tried, but at least the Republicans have control of the House of Representatives, so nothing will really be able to get through this time, although they're going to continue to try. Here's the good news for you, and there is good news here. On a state-by-state basis, more states have actually reformed their gun laws to be more like Wyoming, although here in Wyoming, we weren't the first to really push it, which is always kind of sad to me. States like Texas and Florida have often been ahead of us when it comes to reforming gun laws for gun rights for people. So at the same time, many of the states that have lax gun laws as what the left will call them, the number of people who buy a gun and then do what they're supposed to do, actually go someplace to get lessons on how to use it, whether they're going to use it for defensive or hunting, the, that number is on the rise over the past few years. So if you want to go ahead and get something, go ahead and buy what you want to buy. That's fine. Learn how to use it. Use it safely, which is why I began this half hour by talking about hunter's safety, because even people who have been using guns since they were kids sometimes get a little complacent, sometimes will make mistakes, and it's not a bad idea once in a while to even get a refresher course. So I don't really worry about what the president might do through legislation when it comes to guns. I do worry, though, about how your president and many liberals have been getting around Congress to restrict your gun rights in other ways. And we've talked about that, you know, by using your bank, for example, red and Casper, incendiary heat-seeking rounds. Wow. Who makes those? (laughs) I don't know, but I want some. I want to give that a try. All right. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to do news time here. Right after news time, update on the weather forecast. After your weather forecast, you and I get back into it again. 745, Don Day is going to be with me. Because Southeast Wyoming, you guys got some weather coming. Everybody's going to get a little something today. But Southeast Wyoming really needs to watch out. And Don Day will explain it to us live on air right here. Wake up, Wyoming.
Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Thirty-six. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so some heavy weather coming southeast Wyoming. As I said earlier, everybody's going to get a little something. But Don Day's on with me, seven forty-five, to talk us through all of that. What exactly is coming? Okay, so Miss Mary sent me this. Uh, we have to put this in air quotes. She requested air quotes, and she's right. Climate activists in Berlin glue themselves to airport runway to disrupt air travel. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> first off, it's really easy just to rip their hand off, but you could have just continued landing whether they were there or not. All right. Active activists in Germany broke into Berlin uh, Brandenburg Airport on Thursday, pardon me, Thursday, and glued themselves to the tarmac in protest of government inaction on climate change. Well, I would guess they're really upset because all of the government officials who claim to be climate activists and other climate activists like Al Gore, to name one, Leonardo DiCaprio, to name another, fly around in big corporate jets. But, you know, no hypocrisy here, right? These activists were a member of the climate activists in group The Last Generation and stated that it was a stunt that was staged to protest greenhouse gas emissions caused by air travel. One affluent percent of the population is responsible for around half of flight-related greenhouse gas emissions, they said. The protesters additionally urged the German government to invest in travel by rail. Now, Miss Mary wants to point out, and she's correct, she went ahead and looked up. Is all of this glue, because there's a lot of activists gluing themselves to things. All of this glue good for the environment? No, the glue's horrible for the environment. But what do the activists care, right? A spokesperson for the airport said the group, which includes a 70-year-old man, gained unauthorized entrance. 13 flights were forced to divert or change the route. So in other words, they didn't stop anything. They didn't stop a thing. Just they were urged to change their route. They had to land somewhere else. But flights continued. Oh, one of my favorite stories. VW. Some protesters wanted to protest Volkswagen. And so they went to the Volkswagen showroom and and, and at their main headquarters for Volkswagen. And they glued themselves around the car and onto the car and so on. In the same way, for the same protest. In which case, Volkswagen just shut off the lights and left the room. <laughs> and the activists were complaining, well, you didn't provide us with any food, and there's, you didn't give us a pot so we can go ahead and relieve ourselves. Well, that was your problem. You should have thought of these things. I think that's really the best way to go. When activists go to a museum, for example, and throw paint, or I'm sorry, they throw like soup at a painting. The painting's protected by glass, by the way. The painting doesn't get hurt. But they throw something at the painting. Then they glue themselves to the wall. Okay, being a little twit is not convincing anybody of anything. My answer would be, much like you saw at Volkswagen, turn off the lights, leave the room. Now, as far as those people who glue themselves to the tarmac of the airport, 
Okay, so send the air traffic somewhere else and just leave them out there. I honestly think that that's the the best way to go here. Just leave them out there. There's we don't need to give them any kind of attention. That's probably the best thing because they're after all sorts of attention and once again you do not win people over to your point of view by being a jerk about it. You just don't. So these little climate twits, activist twits, who give other activists a bad name, real activists out there who are advocating for real important things are given a bad name by little twits like this. So when they go ahead and do something outrageous, which is just meant to get attention, Shut off the lights, walk away. If what they're doing is outdoor, if they want to stay all night, night after night, glued to the runway, let them. Now, in this case with the runway, because they want to keep the airport going, they send some people out there to unglue them and haul them off. I would have, if I could have had my way, I would have just said, you know, we're just going to divert traffic over here and let the passengers know, sorry for the inconvenience but a bunch of little twit climate activists glued themselves to the runway. That's why you had to land in a town way away from where you wanted to land. And now you have to figure out how you're going to get to where you really wanted to go. Go blame them. Probably the best way to handle it, I think, anyway. 742, Wake Up Wyoming. Have you missed your... Faster than a new case of measles. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Forty-five is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Off we go to talk to Don Day. Day weather. So, Don, uh, when it got to let's say late Saturday and then into Sunday, I just decided to stay inside. It just wasn't worth going outside. It's just you know nasty like that. Yeah, that front that came through Saturday afternoon and evening was very similar to the one that came through last Wednesday, and enough to make it very wintry out there. Of course, for a lot of Christmas parades, it made it very very Christmassy. Yeah, yeah, Christmassy in a windy, nasty, annoying kind of way. We'll go with that one, sure. Okay. Now, for those people that, like you, who are in southeast Wyoming, well, we we could have a pretty good event happening today. Yeah, for the the southeastern part of the state, this will be the most significant snow fan of the fall season so far. This is going to be especially true right along the I-80 corridor. Of course, you can surmise what that's going to mean for travel here late today tonight and tomorrow is we have a, a combination of things it's 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 a multitude of different elements all kind of coming together right across southeastern wyoming an arctic front very strong and moist jet stream winds coming off the pacific and uh, a very cold arctic air mass which will be extremely efficient at taking wet water in the air is available and turning it into snow. Laramie, Cheyenne, Chugwater, Wheatland, Pine Bluffs, over to Torrington, over to Scotts Bluff, then back to Laramie and Rollins and over to Saratoga. Uh, and then also I'll, I'll include the Shirley Basin area as well. Those are the areas that I think are probably headed to about four to eight inches of snow by late tomorrow night. Uh, the mountain areas will likely see, see more than a foot. Now, as you get further north, as you get up to, let's say, Lusk, Douglas, Casper, 
uh, over to Riverton and points north. The amounts are going to be lighter, but enough for accumulations. And boy, is it going to get cold. Okay, cold. So overnight cold, we're into what, double or single? Well, tonight, likely single digits to low teens. We will have enough snow and cloudiness tonight to keep those temperatures up. The coldest nights tomorrow night right? with fresh snow cover, single digits to below zero. Um, I don't necessarily see record cold, but I see single digits for most. Some of the more isolated areas that have snow cover are going to go below zero. Okay. Now, we get into, and I hear this in your forecast, you mentioned the higher elevations. Some of those higher elevations are really going to get it. Yeah, they already did it. Uh, uh, Tetons, the Jacksonville Skiri reported 12 inches of snow overnight. That is on top of snow that fell on the Tetons earlier in the day yesterday. And uh, the the southern mountains, um, the Laramie Range, Laramie Peak area, all going to see a lot of snow out of this. Uh, the mountain area is going to get at least 6 to 12. Uh, so this will be a, a nice boost to the early season snowpack. And with Ski area is opening up in Wyoming. Um, some are open. Some are going to be open in the next week. This is a very well-timed system for those folks. Okay. Now, with all of that moving in today and partly into tomorrow, but the whole week isn't like this, though, right? No, but we've got other problems. Okay. Uh, one problem is going to be we are going to see the Arctic air retreat. And remember the axiom we talk about when Arctic air leaves, what, what do we get? I, we get the wind. Oh, we get the, the wind. wind. Yeah, okay. I, so I, okay. I am worried about, yes, temperatures Wednesday and Thursday are going to rebound. Right. But Wednesday and Thursday are going to get windy. So that's okay. going to cause blowing snow problems. There you go. And that's where I'm still waiting for them to officially close I-80 because I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. They're trying. They're it trying is, real hard. Yeah, they but really this, are. This, <laughs> this week will be a challenge, though, for sure. Okay. So then we get into, though, later in the weekend, the weekend. It, so far with the forecast, it looks like things might shape up a little bit. Um, yeah, okay. Okay. There yeah. Goes <laughs> we're, we're in that realm where the five-day forecast is pretty much worthless right now. We have another front that's going to come in late Friday into Saturday morning. Now, it's not really showing on weather forecast much because – at least the, the computer modeling is saying just snow showers on the plains. But I will tell you, it is going to be a major mountain event. Okay. And and it will also cause some wind and some colder air coming in behind it. This is one of these deals where going out past two days on the weather forecast, uh, just, just ignore don't it. Don't count on it. And, and is it time to invade Canada? <laughs> the invasion should have started a while ago, but yeah. <laughs> Canada is going to be throwing a lot at the U.S. all week. All week. your forecast i was hoping because i was looking ahead on the week forecast that it wouldn't actually be all that bad by the time we got to like next weekend at least friday saturday sunday but this is where don day is saying don't even out past two days don't trust the forecast right now so that that's the best i can give you is what he just said don't trust the forecast out past a couple of days there's too much going on the pot has really been stirred and so keep an eye on the forecast day by day is about where we are right now all right for whatever reason, and I'm wondering if it's weather-related or not, so or, or maybe I missed something here. Don't have Frank Gambino with me today, and I also don't have Dave Settle with me today to help me out with sports. So it's just you and me. 
fine. Oftentimes, when this happens, I reach over because I know you guys love to hear your, you know, and I grab. Well, you want to know? Of course, we had a whole weekend of sports. Thanksgiving, all of that went through. You at least should get an update or something like that, right? Yeah. Well, instead, I have this. Women get called things that make them obsessed with romance. Guys get called things that make them obsessed with sports, right? You guys get called like champ. Sports. You guys are so obsessed with sports. You guys can't even refer to increments of a relationship without referring to sports, right? First base. We got to second base. Like, you don't see women running around referring to increments of our relationships through things we like. It's not like last night, me and Mark. Ah, Chanel purse. <laughs> you guys are so obsessed with sports that you guys will wear jerseys for teams that you're not even on. <laughs> but you think you're on the team? You'll be like, yeah, last night, I guess we just didn't score enough. Last night, I guess we just didn't play enough defense. We? The Redskins don't need you. Okay, that's like me watching Grey's Anatomy in Scrubs. But then after the show is over, be like, oh God, we just could not save that guy. I don't know. You guys can't even throw your trash into the garbage normally. You guys have to shoot your garbage across the room like it's an NBA basketball game. Like, you don't see women living out our dreams with our trash. I don't take, like, a used gum wrapper, put it around my ring finger, and be like... Brad Pitt and I are thinking about the fall, so... Actually, I have to dispute that last one. Especially when I was in high school... I would watch girls take a, a stick of gum and start chewing on it and take the gum wrapper and make a ring out of it and put it on their finger and then sit there and admire the thing. That's where guys started to get the idea, oh, all you want is some shiny, blingy thing? Really? Is that, is that what does it for you? I didn't know it was so simple. Just get some shiny, blingy thing. And then we find out how expensive that stuff is. Oh, when you ladies get older, you don't want gum wrappers anymore. Oh, no. You want something expensive. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. Uh, National local update on the weather forecast. Then open phones. So it doesn't matter what I'm talking about. Fine. Change the subject if you want. 888 woods the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Still a bit on the windy side out there. Snow coming later this afternoon. We'll keep you posted with Don Day's forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. It's a Monday. More weather coming in. I just talked to Don Day about that, 745. And southeast Wyoming, you're going to get a lot of it. 
to pay attention to that forecast over the next few days. And when I try to get him to talk about the five-day forecast, maybe even to the weekend, he was hesitant to do that just because, well, the pot has been stirred and there's a lot that can change. So keep up to date with us and we'll let you know what's happening with the weather. Just here it comes today. For Everybody's going to get something. Southeast Wyoming's probably going to get a lot. Okay. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D. As you can talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject. Fine. So you probably heard on the news today. The Biden administration is giving Chevron the go ahead to pump oil in Venezuela. All right. Um, show of hands, all of those in the oil industry here in America. Yeah. Okay. So wouldn't wouldn't it be? I just wouldn't you love it if he just I don't know. Let you guys get to work right here in the United States, right in our own backyard where we got all of this. But no, we can go ahead and do this in Venezuela. All right. Story I have here says the license granted by the Treasury Department would allow California-based oil company to pump Venezuelan oil for the first time in years in a joint venture with, with Venezuela that, by the way, went total socialist and we've had embargoes against and so on. In the meantime, we have no problem with states all over around the country here, but we're going to go back to Venezuela, considering what they've done to their people. All right. It also signals an opening for other oil companies to resume business in South America. Not North America, South America. Years after the Trump administration cracked down on companies' activities in an effort to put pressure on, well, the Maduro government, for one thing. Venezuela president and opposition coalition, well, it goes into in the story here, and I can get into all of the story about why we cracked down on Venezuela. You get the idea. All you really need to know is we have oil, loads of it right here in our own backyard, and he's going to Saudi Arabia, and he's going to Venezuela, but for some reason won't let us do it right here in our own backyard. And the only thing when I ask myself, why? It doesn't make sense. Well, it really comes down to voters, uh, his base, his voters at, at the base. Because if he were allow drilling here in America... It's bad enough to allow it in the rest of the world, but to allow it here in America where these pseudo-environmentalists can actually see it, oh, that would be really bad for the Democrat base. So you can't let that happen here. Now, that's the only explanation I can come up with. And if you can come up with something better, please let me know. Why do we go to dictatorships and extract oil and say it's okay to go ahead and drill there and bring it back and plead with Saudi Arabia? But we're not allowed to drill in our own backyard. And when the Biden administration says, but we gave you guys, we, we gave you guys all of these leases to go. Yes, but you didn't give us the permits. 
that is a multi-decade process to get that going. That's where the big squeeze is happening. So that's the only explanation I can come up with. You guys got something better, let me know. But that's about the best I can come up with. Now, for just a couple of minutes, I haven't done this in a while, I am going to pick on CNN. I love picking on CNN. This is DNN, the Distraction News Network. So here's the latest from them, and I got several stories. And I'm just going to go through these several different stories with you, okay? One of them. Alcohol-fueled family game of Monopoly. Let's see. Is that the one that I wanted? Now, wait a second. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. I called up the story, and it drove it drove me over to a different story. Hang on. CNN says daylight savings time affects people of color more. That's the story that I was looking for. CNN is actually arguing this. CNN pushed a recent article arguing that daylight savings time disproportionately affects people of color because of structural racism. I guess we'll have to dig in to find out what they mean by structural racism. I guarantee you that definition constantly involves. It, it, whatever it is, it evolves. CNN Health Reporter penned an article titled Daylight Savings Time Sheds Light on the Lack of Sleep Disproportionate Impact on Communities of Color. The article began, As the United States rolled back the clocks one hour this month and observed the end of daylight savings time, many people got a bit more sleep than usual, except... Uh, okay, I'm answering Miss Mary. Okay, good. So... Quote, growing evidence shows us a lack of sleep and sleep disorders such as obstructive sleep apnea remains more prevalent in black, Asian, and Hispanic and Latino communities. And these inequities can have long-lasting detrimental effects, according to a Harvard study. So to the person, here's what I would do if I were in charge at CNN. First off, a lot of people would be fired. Not only would I... If I worked at Harvard, I would fire whoever did that study. What a waste of time that study is. But then anybody who writes an article like that and tries to put it on CNN makes CNN look absolutely ridiculous. I don't want this kind of garbage. I want real news. If I were in charge of CNN, I want actual real news, not this garbage. It's embarrassing. So anybody who would sit down and waste time writing something like this, and then who's the editor who let it through? They're gone, too. All right, next story. CNN blames pets, your pet, for climate change. Now, I've told you about this story as well. Here's the latest. CNN blames pets for climate change, demands owners feed them insects. Now, on the one hand, some of your pets will eat just about anything. But okay. The corporate technology, uh, whatever, man's best friends in the crosshairs. Okay, let's get to the point of it. The latest villains of the climate change narrative is your pet. Researchers have showed that pets play a significant role in the climate crisis. I promised you guys I would say this every single time. We are not in a climate crisis. That is not something that's happening. So every time I see that, just like when they say CO2 is a pollutant, I'll call that every every time I see it. 
Their meat-heavy diet is the biggest contributor to carbon paw prints. Oh, isn't that cute? They write it that way. Which requires an abundance of energy and land and water to produce. So try to get your, if you're going to have a pet, try to get your pet to eat bugs. Insect-based pet foods can be nutritionally complete and are starting to come into the market around the world. They can also be a solution for pets that have food allergies to traditional protein sources. Vegans are again being warned not to feed their pets cruel and dangerous plant-based diets. In other words, there are certain animals like dogs, and they need to eat meat. And trying to feed your dog a vegan-based diet is seriously not healthy for the animal. The story says, while dogs like humans are omnivores and could, in theory, survive on a plant-based diet, cats are, on the other hand, well, in theory, when they try to feed dogs nothing but plant-based, it doesn't go well. On the other hand, cats, no, cats would starve without it. They need a meat-based diet. But once again, if you have a pet, your pet is causing climate change. All right. Let's see. Uh, There's a CNN. There's a CNN. Okay. And, okay, climate change apparently makes floods less severe. I'll save that one. That's not a CNN story. Oh, and then there's one that I talked about earlier this morning, Death to Humans, where there's a gentleman who honestly believes we need to, as human beings, stop breeding. Just stop breeding because we're destroying the planet as well. And if we just stop breeding and there are more hum- no more human beings, the planet will thrive and survive because we're not here anymore. Forget all of the mass extinctions that became, came before us. That doesn't mean a thing. The fact that the planet killed off almost all life multiple times has nothing to do with it. We have to get rid of humans to save the planet. Those are your CNN stories, which is why I tuned out of CNN... Now and then I go to their website to see what they're writing about just for a laugh and to bring you guys something fun and funny to talk about. But other than that, they're about the – well, I don't even – I was about to say news source. I, I, I can't even consider them a news source anymore. I can't take them seriously. 817, Wake Up Wyoming. Here's your morning update. Quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Right, here's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, 888 woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Snow already falling around the region. Again, southeast Wyoming. Pay special attention to that. We'll keep you up to date. Grandpa Rich has four oil in Venezuela, and Biden, as stupid as as stupid does. Ah, that's true. I, I was talking just a moment ago. It's a list of CNN stories that were just ridiculous. Now, some of those stories I talked about earlier because they were studies, put that in air quotes, studies, done by major universities. Your pet is causing a climate crisis, things like that, right? And then I thought, wait a second now. They want your pet 
to start eating bugs. I'm holding back on you guys. We we have all sorts of material on this. All this cake needs is flour, eggs, and 20 grams of dead insects. No, you haven't misheard. A team of scientists at Belgium's University of Ghent are trying to find a way to substitute dairy in cakes, cookies, and waffles. They say deriving grease from insects is more green than dairy production. Um, they are more sustainable because they use less land. They are more efficient converting feed By soaking the insects in a little bit of water and then mushing them with a kitchen blender before centrifuges separate a butter-like substance, a grease is made which the team used to bake with. But how does it go down outside of the lab? Think you would eat insect fat cakes? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. The team say that consumers can't taste the difference when a quarter of the milk butter is replaced with the fat from the insects. But they start to notice when it gets to the halfway mark. So who knows? One day you could be munching on a cockroach croissant as you head to the office or making your nearest and dearest a beetle birthday cake. I don't think so. Now, Jan in Cheyenne. Jan, you nailed it. This is good. Who produces more gas? I remember methane is bad for the environment. That's even worse than CO2, according to the so-called climate activists. Who produces more gas? Those on a vegan diet or those on a meat diet? I bet vegetables win hands down. Yay, go meat. So (laughs) my answer to that is, yeah, if I go ahead and eat a meat burger, I think that's true. I have a whole lot less gas than when I go and eat my vegetables. Yeah, once again, another reason... Another excuse for your kids to pass on their vegetables. Welcome to Wiggle Burgers. Would you like to see a menu? Sure, but I probably just want a rib burger and some fries. I'm in a hurry and I'm, I'm really hungry. You might like the grasshopper bacon bits or the mealworm arancini. Maybe try some worm salt soup. But wait, what the heck is the mescal worm salad? Oh, those little guys are great. We crushed them fresh this morning. You... Crushed. Have to do it while there's still larva, or there's that horrible crunching sound. Besides, most people don't like exoskeleton in their mouth. Just what the hell are you saving here? Sir, Wiggle Burgers is a bug restaurant. We serve only organic, sustainable bug and bug larva. Gotta keep that carbon footprint down. Save the planet, you know? Oh, please tell me they brought Candy Camera back. I don't understand. Yeah, you're, you're probably too young for that television show. It was on back when a person had to get up and go change the channel. <gasps> so you remember when the world was in black and white? Well, most things were black and white back then. I have no idea what the hell is going on now. Look, I'm in a rush. Just give me a bowl of cereal. That should be safe enough. Mealworm puffs okay? Do you want nut milk or freshly squeezed cicada larva? You don't just have cow's milk. Do That's you? Disgusting. You know, if you keep grossing people out like this, you'll kill everybody's appetite and starve the human race. Guaranteed population control? That sounds perfect. Be honest with me. Do you really eat this stuff? Oh, come on now. If you advocate for this stuff, you don't actually have to do it. Oh, but the rest of us better, or else... Damn straight. Now, I found a way to get around all of this. You see... uh, they worry about methane emissions from cattle, for example, killing the planet, causing a so-called climate crisis. Fine. What if the meat that you're getting doesn't come from this dimension? 
Well, there's so much waste in the world. And finally, it dawned on us, why go to the grocery store when we've got this portal in the backyard that's constantly spewing raw meat? As soon as the meat comes flying out of the portal, we clean it. Wait for it to stop ringing. And then we cook it. Ever since the portal opened up and started spraying meat all over our backyard, we've gotten way more into cooking than we were before. We make all kinds of meals with the portal meat. Gourmet meatballs, carne asada, burgers, burgers are probably our favorite. <laughs> when we used to get the meat from the grocery store, we never knew where it was coming from. It's really reassuring to know that the meat we eat now comes straight from the portal in our own backyard. No GMOs, no preservatives, no bones whatsoever. Just raw, fresh meat from an unidentifiable animal. And so much blood. All right, it's hungry. The portal meat is fresh. It makes us dream in black and white. And it tastes great. And any meat we don't end up eating ourselves, we just chuck back into the portal. We're pretty much 100% waste-free now. Yeah? Yeah. Just about. Feels great. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wonder then why uh, do more people who are climate activists, why don't they have just a meat porthole in their backyard? I would think that would make a whole lot of sense. That way, uh, unless they feel guilty about screwing up the climate of some other dimension... Perhaps that's the problem. You know, I worry more about screwing up the climate of our own dimension, so I prefer just to use a meat porthole. But these hypocrites, no, 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 no. They just eat food from planet Earth, and that always has a big carbon and methane footprint. So, coming up on local news, update on your weather forecast. That's important to listen to. Some of you, especially southeast Wyoming, getting a pretty good amount of snow today. Wind after that, oh Lord. And you and I get back into it. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S Wake Up Wyoming. Take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six of the time. It's a Monday. Snow coming down in a lot of areas already. I'll tell you what I'll do here. Grab real quick the road report. I keep that handy from YDOT. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So I just expect I eighty to be closed finally, which usually it is by this time of year anyway. It would have been before that, but seemed to skip that out. What do you know? I eighty still open. Okay. Well, as you can expect, as snow starts to fall around the area, they're just saying be careful on I eighty I twenty five, and a lot of the back roads uh, twenty twenty six outside of the Casper area. 
Yeah, and, and let's see. Between Douglas and Gillette, that whole thing there. So, yeah, it's starting to kind of close up. But we'll keep you up to date. Again, posted throughout the day. Just stick with us. Not just on the radio, but on your website as well. You get those alert. That came out backwards. Get those alerts on your app, and we'll keep you posted throughout the day as the weather comes in. Okay. Now, I love, I love reading to you since I was doing the whole climate change thing. The And it began when I started talking about some activists that superglued their, themselves to a runway to prevent air traffic, which didn't prevent the air traffic. It just went around them. They just landed somewhere else. And I've been moving into it since then throughout the morning. All right. One thing I love to point out is contradictions, because a contradiction cannot exist. Okay. It can't be both at the same time. Contradictions are impossible. So... I love when I hear climate change is going to cause more floods. Floods are going to be more severe because of climate change. Then there's a story that comes out and says climate change will be less severe. Now, floods will be less severe because of climate change. Here's the story. Climate change apparently makes floods less severe. The Murray River, far higher in the 1970s. Floods were worse in 1956, when CO2, by the way, was a lot lower than it is now. Obviously, if all current floods are caused by CO2, then we need more of it. A photo of flood markers on a tree in South Australia has sparked a debate on Facebook. The only thing we know for sure, floods were worse when CO2 was lower Floods were worse when CO2 was lower. In fact, what they called the climate so-called activists called perfect. Now, that is denial on their part because we have more CO2. And the water is actually lower now. And they're having less. When it does flood out, it's less severe. So you would think then we would need more CO2, right? A picture of a tree, regional South Australia, has sparked a wild climate change debate as floodwaters from the River Murray crept into what they call the Tree of Knowledge, where this tree has been around for a very long time and has been through multiple floods. So every time floodwaters reach a certain level on the tree, they put a marker there on the tree with the date. The tree of knowledge, one local thought, was a good thing to make take a picture and put things into perspective. Quote, using one tree as evidence to suit your agenda shows what level of intelligence you're dealing with, somebody said. Yes, but then again, if a so-called climate activist did it, then that would be okay? Well, there are many factors for an area having worse flooding. There's no denying, though, that with uh, clearing as one factor, and they go into all the different factors, we can have worse floods. As many as 4,000 homes may be inundated by floodwaters and rise in the area as floodwaters in New South Wales come and go on a regular basis. Because the Murray River Basin covers 1 million square kilometers, the waters are flowing from 
uh, up to 2,000 kilometers away, a peak that'll happen probably later in Christmas. But okay, let's go back and take a look at it again. When the CO2 level, and this is where they're just not going to be able to really square this. This is, they, they can't seem to make the point they've wanted to make when the evidence is actually there. When the CO2 level was much lower, the area used to flood much more often and much higher floods. But with the CO2 level being higher, there's fewer floods and they're not as severe. So what are they going to say next then? Well, that shows that we're falling into a period of drought and that's a bad thing. Because remember, the way these activists work, no matter what happens, it's got to be bad and it's got to be your fault. They're going to twist it. No matter what happens, they will twist it to make sure that it makes it sound like we're in some kind of a climate crisis, even though, even though things are constantly changing. I have been reading a book on geology. Yeah, I sit around and read stuff like that. And it talks about the planet as a whole, but also there's a geologist in Wyoming that I like watching on YouTube. And I talked to him briefly, and at some point I'll have him on the program. As we talk about, uh, and he talks about, and the book that I'm reading talks about, different ways the climate has changed over just millions of years. And you know the planet's older than that, but just millions of years, all the different climate changes that we've gone through. And the answer is, it's constantly changing. It never stops. Here's what would be weird if the climate did stop changing and it stabilized. That would actually be weird and freaky. But when you take a look at not just the history of this planet, but the history of just even just Wyoming, where I'm sitting at right now, it has gone through so many changes that what is normal is change. Now, for those who didn't hear, I'm going to repeat this. Oh, I see. Snow extent in the northern hemisphere among the highest in 56 years. Oh, that's a headline I just said. Hold on, there's another contradiction. Remember, contradictions cannot exist. I've read to you many times over that according to a climatologist published in the UK newspaper, snow was supposed to be a thing of the past. I think it was James Ehrlich that said that. Snow is supposed to be a thing of the past. That was supposed to happen by the year 2000. Snow was supposed to be a thing of the past. And when it happened, it would be so rare you would have to explain it to your kids. Here's what I want you to do. Go grab your kids, drag them outside, and have them watch. Is it snowing where you are right now? Because it's snowing where I am right now. And have them watch the snow come down today. You're going to have to explain it to them because according to what we heard back in 2000, snow would be a thing of the past. It would be such a rare event that when it did happen, we would have to explain it to our kids. So right now, there's a lot of really confused kids out there. But there's that headline that I just read, read to you that in the northern hemisphere, We've actually been getting more snow. Remember this, La Nina, El Nino. One causes drought in our part of the country. One causes more wet. We are now coming out of one and slowly moving into the other. There's a potential, potential, by the time we get into springtime, we would have had a very wet snow season. We'll see. 
845 Wake Up Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite? Hey, letting you vent. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. 848 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Since uh, Frank Gambino is not back, David settled down in Laramie, was nice enough to join us. And again, thanks for that. Appreciate it, Dave. No problem. Yeah, so um, snowing down there yet? Uh, not yet, but okay. anticipating it. Uh, we're supposed to get, I think, anywhere from three to six inches yeah. in about the next 24 hours. Sure, yeah. So I would say wrap it up early today. Go home. <laughs> I I'm wish. It's going to be a long day at work. Yeah, you got a lot of catching up to do. Okay, I'm just going to toss this out to you, and I just want to see what your reaction would be. We have on the Wake Up Wyoming website this morning the headline, uh, Casper woman selling totally not cursed engagement ring on the classified. Would you pass it up based on that, assuming that she's lying and it's cursed? Yes. Okay. I- <laughs> Absolutely. I'd be like, nope. Not touching that one? Yeah, see, the moment you have to say, oh, honestly, it's not cursed, then you know it's cursed, right? Exactly. Yeah. You don't admit to that in the ad. (laughs) You never say that out loud. Exactly. Yeah. And you wait until you've received the money and handed the ring over, and you're walking away before you say, good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. You know, in the spirit of the season, Glenn. Yeah. I wouldn't touch that with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole. <laughs> if you know your Grinch, you know that. Yeah. Oh, now, oh, I love the Grinch. Side topic for you real quick. So <laughs> do you like the movie Christmas Story? I it, It's grown on me. It wasn't one okay. of mine when I grew up. It wasn't something big that my family watched. We had some other right. ones. But I, I do enjoy it every once in a while. I don't have to see it, though. I know that sounds weird to some folks who love okay. that movie. Okay. I do enjoy the movie. I do think it's one of the greatest American movies about America ever made. Right. You know, I, okay. I really love that movie for that sense. They have the sequel out. Uh-oh. Yeah, no, I actually, that's what I said. A lot of the original cast members are back, and they're supposed to be adults now with their own kids. Oh, okay. Well, that, that, that okay. sounds maybe a little intriguing. And I watched it. And I will have to say, it is interesting to what nothing will ever top the original, but they go full circle and bring you back to how everything began. I would recommend you sit down with your family and watch the sequel. I would think you would enjoy it. Again, not the greatest movie out there, but certainly does justice to the first one they ever put out with a lot of the original cast members. All right. All right, right. might have to give that a try. All right. Other than that, if anyone puts an ad out there that says this is totally not cursed, (laughs) you've heard from Dave. Don't even, just don't even. Don't even touch it. Don't even touch it. All right, thank you very much, Glenn. Uh, The Wyoming Cowboys really couldn't get much going on Friday and lost their regular season finale at uh, West Division champion Fresno State 30 to nothing. Bulldogs went right down the field on the opening drive and scored. Then they blocked two punts, one that resulted in another touchdown on a short field. Another one resulted in a safety. It was 16-0 by uh, halftime, and, or, or I should say 23-0 by halftime, excuse me, and then they tacked on another score in the third quarter. Jordan Mims ran for three touchdowns for the Bulldogs. Wyoming was held to less than 200 yards of offense. Uh, they were without several players due to injuries, but they really couldn't get much going, and the Cowboys uh, lose 30-0 at Fresno State. Uh, Wyoming held 191 yards of offense. They gave up 297 of Fresno State. Some of that was because of short fields, field position, things like that. After the game, head coach Craig Bull admitted it was a rough night all around.
I do believe Fresno is a real deal, and they are the West champions for a reason. I think a combination, they played well, and we didn't play particularly well. I thought our guys fought hard. Uh, a lot of guys that were younger got some meaningful reps in the game and uh, had a chance to, to play. We're certainly going to learn from this. Now for the Cowboys, they await who and when they'll play in the bowl season. They finished 7-5. and five. One note from the game, Titus Swin ran for 75 yards and surpassed 1,000 for the season. First time he's done that in his career, and he becomes the 12th Cowboy to rush for 1,000 yards in a single season. The Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team split their two games out at the Tiger Turkey tip-off at the University of Pacific. They lost to Pacific in their first game, 67-53 to on Friday. Uh, Pacific jumped out to a 21-4 to lead, and Wyoming wasn't able to recover, but they bounced back and beat UC Davis on Saturday, 67-48, going 8-9 of nine from the floor in the fourth quarter, including four three-pointers, three by Grace Ellis, who had 17 points, and then Quinn Weidman hit one. She had 18 points as those two veterans took over down the stretch. So the Cowgirls split. They are now 3-3 three and three on the young college basketball season. In the NFL, the Denver Broncos lost again, this time at Carolina. 23-10 was the final score yesterday. They're 3-8. and eight. Buffalo Bills on Thursday got a 45-yard game-winning field goal from uh, Mr. Bass, and they beat the Lions 28-25. Josh Allen in that contest ended up throwing for 273 yards and a touchdown. He also ran for 78 yards and a touchdown, and they set up that winning field goal with just 23 seconds uh, left to play in the game. And so had a couple big pass, uh, one big pass completion, a couple big runs in that one. So that is your story from sports this past holiday weekend. So we're just waiting now, what, to find out what bowl game they get in, the Cowboys get into? Yeah, for the Cowboys, and, and that won't happen until after this upcoming weekend. Okay. Hold my breath for that. Well, kind of, but not really. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate you jumping in. Rolling up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to get into news time after that national, local Update on your weather forecast. Open phones, 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it is Wake Up Wyoming. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Let's check in road conditions for you guys. Getting slick out there in some areas. You know where you don't need those ridiculous light up signs that are all over the state right now telling you slick conditions. You know you're driving in it. I have never yet seen one of those signs tell me anything that either I didn't already know or I needed to know. But all right, it's getting slick out there. But it's not an official weather event until I-80 closes. Then we can say it's a weather event. That hasn't happened yet. Southeast Wyoming, you're going to get a lot of that. You've been hearing Don Day and his weather forecast. All right, you can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. Modern-day cattle rustling. Headlining, Cowboy State Daily. Wyoming's third grader can't find her 1,500-pound bull named sparkles yeah yet if you're 
If you're a third grader, you name your 1,500-pound bull Sparkles. For more than eight weeks, I'm sorry, for more than a week, eight-year-old Carly has been distraught, frightened, and said she's searching for her best friend, Sparkles. I have to wonder, though. Let me see. Uh, it's, it's a bull. Okay, he's safe. Just got to be careful with some animals. Kids get attached to them, and then they wind up on the dinner table. You know how that goes? Yeah, okay. So she posted her desperate plea on Facebook to find Sparkles. I try to tell her that she's just wandered off and got lost, but she wants to know who rustled him. All right, just waiting to see. Fred is in Colorado. Hello, Fred. Good morning, Glenn. Yes, sir. Before I get to what I really want to talk about, Miss Mary wants me to tell you this. I live in Longmont, Colorado. It is mostly sunny and about 55 degrees. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew she said you'd say something. Yeah, like right. That. How's is it windy at all? Or no, just nice? I just got back from my morning walk and oh, it was God. just spectacularly beautiful. All right. It is just this the weekend started nice here in Wyoming, but then just got nasty to the point on Sunday I just decided I'm just not going outside. And that's rare for me to do that, but it just wasn't worth it. So Well, I'll make you feel a little better. We're yeah. supposed to this late afternoon evening supposed to get maybe three to six inches. Okay, snow, that's so. better. You'll make me feel we'll a little lot better. Back. Yeah. Yeah. I want a picture <laughs> of you shoveling it. Anyway, what'd you really call about? Well I called about a couple of things. I think I don't if you remember i called you one time about co2 that it takes yeast to create co2 to yes. make bread rise right yeah well i got another story about two weeks ago in the local no- newspaper there was an article about the fact that there was a shortage of co2 for the microbreweries in northern colorado that's right yeah and they and they use it not only as course to make beer but here was something i didn't know they use it to clean the containers that the beer is stolen or stored oh, in oh okay so that's another good use of, of CO2. Oh, CO2 is used for so many different things. Uh, it is one of the most useful gases out there. And actually, if anything, we could use it in more abundance. And that's also, when I was talking about that story last time, I had pointed out, when you're drinking a soda, mm-hmm. there's a real good chance, or a beer, that they got some of that CO2 from power plants good possibility well yeah. they were saying and i can't remember the exact numbers now but they used something like ten thousand, whatever the unit of measurement was yeah. there were numbers that just were beyond my comprehension right yeah but that's how much they have to have in each one of them. and we have several microbreweries here where i live and i'm sure that they were suffering because of that shortage do you realize let's take a look at something for just a moment fred so they want to get rid of co2 like it's a pollutant Considering if we did get rid of CO2, there's no life on this planet. Yeah, you, you can't totally get rid of You have to have CO2. Also, the many things that we use it for. They also want to get rid of petroleum products, natural gases, and oil. Well, I'm sorry, oil, but I'm coal. But if we do that, realize how many people would die because of that. They would not be able to enjoy any of the lifestyle they're enjoying right now. So they're trying to get rid of so many things that life on Earth, not just human beings, but life on Earth depends upon. I don't think they re- they say they're science. They're science-based. I don't think they understand what science is. Well, they only listen to the science that appeals to what they want to hear. Exactly, yeah. And now, the other reason I called you, if I could, um, you, you were talking, or you had a parody, and at the end it says, I think the guy says, wake up grow up and shut up oh yeah I, I love that i think that's a great one but here's my proposal 
It should be read to everybody in elementary, middle school, high school, and college at least once a day. Right. And since you seem to know the school marms of Wyoming, I think that's something you should propose. Hmm. Because I think that's something that these kids, and I mean this now in sincerity, that guy's parody was, maybe it was a parody, but it was an excellent one. But that's yeah. what these kids need to learn. So I'm just proposing that next time you talk to the, whoever the school marm is, you yeah. tell them that needs to be required. Well, what I'll do is, and I forget the gentleman's name, I'll play it next year for you. But this is actually on BBC. It was a commentator. Oh, okay. An old guy. And he had just had enough of this little young cult of climate change, so-called activists, that he decided just to go ahead and tell them off. So not a parody, a guy who actually shot his mouth off on BBC television. Well, it's it's truly is great, and I just loved listening to it. Okay, I'll play it That's next. That's all I got. Thanks, Glenn. All right, Have a thanks good day. for calling, Fred. I appreciate it. I hope it snows on him. Anyway, here's what he was talking about. This happened on BBC. To all the school kids going on strike for climate change, you're the first generation who've required air conditioning in every classroom. You want TV in every room, and your classes are all computerized. You spend all day and night on electronic devices. More than ever, you don't walk or ride bikes to school, but you arrive in caravans of private cars that choke suburban roads and worsen rush hour traffic. You're the biggest consumers of manufactured goods ever and update perfectly good, expensive luxury items to stay trendy. Your entertainment comes from electric devices. Furthermore, the people driving your protests are the same people who insist on actually inflating the population growth through immigration, which increases the need for energy, manufacturing and transport. The more people we have, the more forest and bushland we clear, the more of the environment that's destroyed. How about this? Tell your teachers to switch off the aircon, walk or ride to school, switch off your devices and read a book, make a sandwich instead of buying manufactured fast food. No, none of this will happen because, the piece says, you're selfish, badly educated, virtue-signalling little turds inspired by the adults around you who crave a feeling of having a noble cause while they indulge themselves in Western luxury and unprecedented quality of life. Wake up, grow up, and shut up. Uh, Mason is in Casper. CO2 is being used on a huge scale for THC extraction for concentrated THC. Oh, it's used for a lot of stuff. The, it's one of the most useful gases that we have out there. We use for so many different things. But that, again, gets back to the cult of climate change when they say, well, we want to get rid of, and they name things they want to get rid of. And they don't understand what they're really asking. They don't understand science or engineering or technology or biology, which is a science. I know so many different things. They don't understand. So they really come from a place of ignorance. So when we turn to them and say, hold on, let's take a look at what you're actually asking for here, and we show them the science, that makes us the deniers? No, we're not the deniers because we're actually showing them what the science and what the engineering says. Larry is also in Casper. Tim Allen grunts need more power. Well, yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, I love mentioning this on a day like this. We've had a cold weekend here in Wyoming, and we got more snow coming in, and some of you in southeast Wyoming are going to get a lot of it. Temperatures are really going to drop tonight. Just keep in mind what's keeping you warm over the next few days is not wind and solar. Any solar panels are covered up. Any wind turbines haven't turned in several days, if not weeks, depending on... Now, I mean, it may have been windy, but sometimes it's too windy for them to turn, and it's oftentimes been too cold for them to turn as well. That's not what's keeping you warm. 
You can go ahead and thank Cole for that. 9.15, Wake Up Wyoming. Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Once a time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So for the from the Foundation for Economic Education comes this story here, which goes along with what we we're just talking about a moment ago when it comes to science. But I'm going to switch from climate change to Dr. Fauci. Uh, this is let's see against the blindly against blindly trusting, and this is in quotes the science. Thomas Kuhn's 1962 work, The Structure of the Scientific Revolution, reveals why we should never confuse scientists with science. And there's, I just want to bring this out, not to talk about COVID, not even talk about climate change, but what is it you actually do trust? And if you understand what the scientific method is and what the science says, you understand that things are constantly changing and evolving as we learn more. So if you look at something that you're told to believe because the science says it and you have doubts about what's being said, that's okay. That's part of the scientific method to have doubts and question and then do more research to find out what's actually going on. And I love this in all areas of science. One of the things I love watching, is I have multiple books on this, but also there's uh, YouTube pages where there's actual actual astrophysicists that are studying the universe using the James Webb telescope and so many other devices they have pointed at the heavens. And how often they say, well, we used to think that this was the case, but new evidence has come in because of the new technology we have, and we now understand the following. And so the story changes, not because scientists are idiots. They're trying to figure out what's going on based on the information that's in front of them. So when you heard Al Gore say the science is settled, the debate is over, that is as anti-science as you, you want to talk science denier, that's a science denier. Let's get back to Fauci. The story in front of me. Attacks on me are quite frankly attacks on science, said Anthony Fauci. To widespread ridicule or approval, depending on who you're listening to. Story says, if you doubt his judgment personally, you must not believe in the science, right? Fauci went on to claim that all of the things he talked about were fundamentally based on science. This author says, let's put the weasel words aside and recognize what he wants you to believe. That all his official policy recommendations, all of the things I've talked about, as he said, were firmly proven effective through applications of the scientific method. That is demonstrably false, and we've seen that. The most rigorous, most scientific studies showed precisely the opposite. So Fauci was a proponent of what has become known as lockdowns, which, by the way, they're rioting over in China right now. They're done with lockdowns, but China wants more of them. Widespread closures of business and stay-at-home orders for the general population. Uh, by the way, for the general population, but the elite, of course, they paid no attention to any of that, right? Dozens of studies have shown had no demonstrable effect on the spread of COVID. All of those lockdowns, 
getting your vaccinations, wearing masks. I talked about this uh, a while back when we were going through the height of the whole COVID thing. I noticed it, and then of all people, of, of all organizations, the New York Times, which I'm very critical of, noticed the same thing I did. How come, when we look at the numbers, there was no clear pathway to solving a COVID problem? In other words, those people who did everything that they were told, those communities or states that did everything they were told, they were masked, they distanced, they stayed at home lockdowns, all of that. They got their vaccines. They got their boosters. You would think then they would have the lowest cases of COVID. In some cases, they did. Other communities had some of the highest cases in the nation. So let's go to those communities where they did very little, if any, in listening to what what, what they were supposed to do. They didn't wear masks. They didn't get their shots. They didn't stay at home. So you would think that they would have the highest cases of COVID. Some cases they did, some cases they didn't. You look at the data and this doesn't make any sense. How come this is not consistent here? Now, I was noticing this when we went through the whole COVID thing. Then comes the New York Times and they had noticed the same thing. They wrote an article about that, which kind of surprised me that, wow, New York Times is actually saying this? That is kind of a big deal. Story in front of me says now there's studies being conducted every day. On the aspect of COVID-19, I'm sure Fauci and his supporters can produce links to some that support lockdowns. While there are no absolutes, there is a general observation. The most scientific studies, the random controlled trial studies with large sample size, measuring the results in the real world, point toward the, well, really all of this, all that they told you to do really didn't have an effect on stopping COVID. Less scientific studies with small sample size based on laboratory experiments told them anything they really wanted to say, anything that they really wanted it to say. You get the picture on this, right? But this is where, and let's not forget, in 2020, Fauci said a study based on a single case of the spread of COVID-19 lays the question to rest. In other words, he was saying what you heard Al Gore said, the science is settled, the debate is over. And yet, I, I I remember saying this to you when this whole COVID thing started. As we get further away from COVID, as we get further out from this, we're able to go back and take a look at the numbers and really take a look at what happened, what worked, and what didn't. Here's once again where somebody's telling you, Well, what I'm telling you is the science, and if you disagree with me, then you disagree with the science. And yet, when you actually go look at the numbers, that's not what's going on. But God forbid you should be someone who stands up and say, hey, hold on here. I'm actually looking at the data, and I'm coming to a different conclusion. That's what we should be doing, to find the best pathway. To find the best pathway, we need to do as many studies as possible over a long period of time and not trust anybody who is in with the politicians or the media. Now, Judy from Casper is on the line, but here's the problem, Judy. I'm running right into news time. So you can hang on through the news break or you can call back after the news break. Either way is fine with me. I'll take your call. Well, it's the beginning of the week, so Judy's got a vent, so it's safe for the rest of us to be outside. Coming up on some local news, 
Update on your weather forecast right after that. That's important because it's changing real fast right now. Then we'll get into Judy if she's willing to hang with or call back. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number for you. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Seven Woods, or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Nine thirty-six. The time it's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Judy and Casper. Are you still there, Judy? Yes, sir. I am. Thank you for waiting through all of that. What you got? Um, we're going to have a meeting on the 6th of December. Uh, the Board of County Commissioners is about to pass a land use plan that in the beginning it was just a mountain land use plan, but it's turned into a county thing now. And some of the things that they're having in this, I'm headed down to the courthouse now to uh, pick up their newest uh, edition of the land use plan for Natrona County. And I suspect since uh, the little birdie told me that they're trying to figure out a way around the grandfathering use of land and change the wording. You know how those progressives are. This word doesn't mean that. So we're putting on our pseudo armor, and I'm asking the Trona County to come out and support us in stopping some of this uh, infringement on our land use rights on December 6th at 5.30 p.m., third floor of the old county courthouse. All right, date and time that they're meeting there? 5.30, and it's at the old courthouse. I think it's like 200 North Center Street. Okay, is that today? The third floor. Today? <clears throat> no, uh, okay. December 6th. Okay, December 6th, all right. Yeah, December 6th, 5.30. And this is uh, so we get our input on it because I have a feeling they're going to pass it as is. And it's going to make, like, having sea cans, you have to get a permit for. Uh, they're trying to get around the grandfathering again. They're trying to basically more control of your land use. And this is exactly what I went through with them 12 years ago and had to, you know, pretty much step on them over this. And they brought these guys in from Colorado and paid them $230,000 to come up with a, a, a cookie-cutter land use plan that's being used all over the country. So that's what I'm saying is we need to get together, everybody in the Toronto County, and we need to go through this. I'm going to go get about 50 copies of it, and I'll have them at the meeting. But if you want one, all you have to do is get on Facebook and find my name, Judy Jones, and I'll make sure you get a copy before December 6th so that if there's something in there that you don't like, that you can be able to voice that on December 6th. All right. Keep me posted. Thank you. Sure, hey, no and you know what? Maybe this will help get people involved again. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, these meetings always need to be full. Yes, they always need to be full. And you're you're kind of one of the people that when I started this 12 years ago, that's how long I've known you already. You said don't be, don't don't complain unless you want to show up to the meeting. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it, it's so, all about showing now. up and not just showing up once. This is if you're really, yeah. I keep hearing from people, oh, I got to go save America. Absolutely. Well, then you got to get into the fight and you got to stay in it. You got to stay in it. That's yeah. exactly correct. So I'm calling all Natrona County Patriots step up to the plate. They're t- trying to destroy our land use and we need to stop them. All right. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Glenn. So, yeah, I I didn't have to hit any sound effects that time around or the dump button. She was pretty good on that. One thing I never have understood, I, I caught that what she had said again was they want this land use plan. And this is one that is typical for around the nation. A lot of other counties have a plan like the one she's talking about. So in order to maybe consider it and implement it here... They spend about $200,000 to, you know, they get the plan and then spend about $200,000 to do a local study. And I'm someone who's constantly ragging about local studies that don't need to be done. Sometimes they have to actually take a look and study something, but many times studies don't need to be done. Uh, There's local government, well, on every level, government from your local all the way up to your federal. They're constantly doing, let's put it in air quotes, studies on things that don't need to be studied. Stuff you could have figured out on your own a long time ago. I think studies, honestly, many of them are a scam. Like the town I told you about here in Wyoming that wanted to put up a stop sign, and so they commissioned a study to put up a stop sign. I'll tell you how you put up a stop sign. You take a little sign that's in a little pot. You, you can buy them at Home Depot. You go out and you plant it on the corner. You want to make sure it's a certain distance away from the two roads. And then you just water the hell out of it. Make sure it's fertilized well. And then eventually it grows into a full-size stop sign. That's how you plant the stop sign. That's all you need to do. You don't need to commission anyone to do a study on putting a stop sign in. But they get studies for every little thing. So every time your county commissioner or city council wants to do something, there's another town in Wyoming, they had voted against a city bus system unanimously, city council, mayor, no city bus system, not in our town. We don't need one. Then they went out and did a study on the viability of it and then voted it down again. What was the point of that? Why are you spending all this money on all of these studies? It's so simple to plant a stop sign or say, no, we're not going to have a bus system. No one needs to study that. I do think that studies, I don't know who does them, for government at every level, there's a massive scam going on out there that makes a lot of money doing fake studies. 942, Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 9.48 is the time off. We're going to talk to Dave and settle about sports. Hey, Dave, you play golf? I do. Okay. I'm going... Not very well. Well, all right. No, that's okay. You get out there and you try. You suck at trying, but you try. And that's what counts, Dave. I'm I going try to, to have fun. Well, I'm going to make the game a lot more interesting for you. Okay. Go to the Wake Up Wyoming website. There is a picture of a guy holding an AR 15, and he has an attachment that helps him fire golf balls. Fire golf balls? Okay. Yeah, okay. So it looks like he's uh, screwing at the end of the uh, muzzle there, the end of the you know, rifle muzzle, a, a suppressor or a silencer, if you will, noise suppressor. But it's not. It's big enough hole at the end of it to roll a golf ball now. 
Now, into oh, the magazine, okay. load blanks. That sucker will shoot about 400 yards. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, could just, I could just take the gun and use that to swing and then go boom well, on the could. other wing, and I can just yeah. try and get it in the hole on the green. Well, right. see, now that's what I was wondering about. Okay, so what happens when you get it down the fairway and you need to do a chip shot? Okay, there is a pistol attachment, smaller gun, right? Make sure you're using blanks once again. There's a pistol attachment for smaller stuff like that. And then also... I would think, well, like you just said, you want to putt, you know, on the green. You're going to have to hold the barrel and probably use the butt of the gun to putt, right? I can't picture any other way of doing this. So, whoop, wait a second now, as I'm talking here. Dave, you still there? I may have lost David Settle on this one. Let me try him again. Ah, God, and call. Redial. That's Dave dialing right there. See, just when I get something really good for him, something really interesting. There, you back? I am back. Okay. So, yeah, there's the pistol for the uh, chip shots, and then I would bet you that you hold on to the barrel and putt using the butt of your rifle. Probably. Yeah, okay. It would be for an interesting game, that's for sure. Well, now, I have, if you go, you go to the Wake Up Wyoming website, take a look. There's several examples of different kinds of guns with different attachments. So you can go ahead and use your gun on the golf course. And there's a police force out there that did a – there's a video of them. They did a fundraiser, and they got on the golf course using their guns to raise money using the guns to play golf. So if the police will do it. It is a unique and creative way to, to play, I guess. I would think so. Now, in oh, case nice. those who are wondering, the guy who's the first video I have, he decided to shoot at things like he took a toilet bowl lid to see what's the actual force behind the golf ball. Deadly. Very Don't deadly. Be in the way. Don't be in the way. you got to make sure no. everything's clear. That's right. right. You better darn well make sure you have blanks in there. All right. Okay. I'm just okay. saying, I'm just, you know, your wife hasn't gotten you anything for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know that yet. All right. Thank you very much, Glenn. Appreciate it. Uh, the Wyoming Cowboy football team uh, kind of petered out at the end of the season. They lost their regular season finale at Mount West, West Division champion Fresno State, 30 to nothing on Friday night in California. Cowboys could not overcome their mistakes. They had two punts blocked through two interceptions and got blanked by the Bulldogs, held to less than 200 yards of total offense. So they finished the regular season 7-5 and five overall, 5-3 five and three in the Mount West Conference. After the game, head coach Craig Bowl was disappointed and surprised they were not able to establish their ground attack. I thought that, you know, all year long we had been pretty good there and we had some penetration, you know, certainly movement. You know, Titus tried to run hard, but just wasn't real productive. And, and that part of our game has been something that had been a fairly consistent part. And you're right. I mean, uh, Theo went down, um, Emmanuel had some issues, but that that group was pretty much intact. So without question, we underachieved in the whole running game. And uh, despite that, Titus Wynn did run for 75 yards and surpassed 1,000 on the season. First time that's happened in his career, he becomes the 12th Cowboy in school history to run for 1,000 yards in a single season. But the Cowboys got down 14 nothing after the first quarter. It was 23 nothing by halftime. Jordan Mims ran for three touchdowns for the Bulldogs, and the Pokes will now wait to see who and when they play in the bowl season. 
The Cowgirl basketball team split their two games at the Tiger Turkey tip-off in Stockton, California. They lost to the host Pacific Tigers on Friday, 67-53. Pacific shot 49% for the game and jumped out to a 21-4 lead, and the Cowgirls not able to recover. They would bounce back, and thanks to a game-ending 15-4 run, they beat the UC Davis Aggies on Saturday. Final score was 67-48. Veterans Grace Ellis and Quinn Weideman took over down the stretch, scoring the final 15 points. And uh, Weideman had a big three. Ellis hit three of them in the fourth quarter. She scored a career-high 17. Weideman led the way with 18. The Cowgirls now 3-3 three and three in the season. They're not back in action until Friday. Cowboy basketball returns to action on Wednesday when they play Santa Clara in a neutral site game over in Salt Lake City. And pro football, the Denver Broncos' miserable season continues. They lost at Carolina to the Panthers 23-10 on Sunday, dropping to 3-8 on the season. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills did win on Thursday behind Quarterback Josh Allen's performance, he threw for 273 yards and a touchdown, ran for an additional 78 yards and a touchdown, and the game was tied 25-25 with 23 seconds left, and Allen led the Bills down for a game-winning field goal, and uh, they beat uh, the Lions 28-25 on Thanksgiving. That is your sports today. Have a great day, everybody. Assessing the Cowboy football team for the season, like uh, mediocre, really good, where would you put them? I would put them above average. I think they exceeded expectations with a very young roster, one of the okay. youngest in the nation. That's good to hear, then. All right, Dave, yes. once again, thank you for stepping in. Appreciate it. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that, national, local. Update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Wyoming.